0: This series called Essential ends today. We've been in it for five weeks. And coming out of 2020, there's lots of things that we have, um, we've come across, words we've come across like social distancing, masks. And the word essential was used a lot with essential workers, essential items. And so I was thinking, well, maybe, uh, there, I think there's, there's a sermon series here, right? I mean, because uh, the church is essential. God's word is essential. Prayer is essential. So we talked through those. Week one, we talked about how the, how the church is essential. The church is essential in order to help you and I grow in our faith. Okay, accepting Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, and that one-time decision is awesome, but you and I need the church to grow in our faith. You're sitting here, you're watching online, you are are growing in your faith in a small group, giving, uh, serving, all of those have opportunities, fellowship, and so you have um, many ways in order to grow in your faith through the essential church. Week, week, uh, week two we talked about essential giving and God has bigger plans for your money and and I love this statement that came out of week two um, and it says this don't let the facts of how far your money will go stand in the way of your faith don't let the facts of how far your money will go stand in the way of your faith remember the little boy's lunch Jesus used just a little lunch and he and it just um, met everyone's needs, and it was amazing. Thousands upon thousands of little bags of lunches were created, not the bags, but the fish. The fish and the loaves, and and so this, this kid just offered a small portion of what he has at home. And so that's all God wants us to do. Offer a small portion of what we have, and He will do amazing things with that. Week, we we uh, week two we talked about praying and how um, God wants us to go to deeper waters. Uh, when He called uh, some of the earliest disciples, and uh, specifically Peter, and that inter- interaction with Peter, he told Peter to go out to deeper waters. Uh, you know, shallow waters are fine. The shallow waters of prayer are fine. I do I do lots of shallow prayers. I've I've prayed for uh, several shallow prayers uh, already today. But going into deeper water is somewhere that is so important. That's where you really feel um, surrounded by God. Because when you're in shallow water, you're not all away in water. You're not surrounded by water. Okay? You're just like knee deep. And again, shallow water prayers are fine. But if you want to be surrounded by and consumed by God, you've got to go to deep water where you can't touch the bottom. Right? And there's trust in there. And, and God is able to surround himself and to reveal himself to you, and you do that through prayer. Last week, our pseudo-pastor, Joe Salvatore, preached a great word uh, on the essential word of God. You know, if it wasn't for the word of God, we would not know God, or we would not be able to grow in God. And I believe, you know, Christianity really wouldn't be around. And it might be around just for a little bit while Jesus is there and a few generations and after that, and then it would just sort of kind of die away. Jesus would just known as this, this man that kind of came and, and he's gone. But the word of God written many, many, I mean, thousands and thousands of years, this word of God is essential to our faith. And so we've got to, we've got to devour it. We've got to eat it up So today, in this final week, I want us to understand something about essential. I want us to understand how you are essential. Now, you may feel in an area of your life, you may feel like you're not needed. There have been uh, seasons in my life where I've not really felt needed. It's like, well, I don't don't really feel needed in in this. So like, like, for example, I've been a part of some churches where uh, they would have a basketball, you know, league, you know, <laughs> and you're already laughing. Yeah. Um, so, um, thank you. I, I feel the love today. Um, and so, the, the, uh, the church would ask me, because I'm a pastor, I mean, I'm, I'm on the staff, and so they would ask me to play basketball, and I would play one game, and they wouldn't ask me back again, <laughs> Why? Because I I just, I'm vertically challenged. I just, you know, I can write a song about basketball, you know. I can sing the national anthem in a basketball game like I did at LSU. It's great, awesome, but don't hand the ball to me. And so I just, I don't really feel needed in, in those times. So you may have seasons or areas in your life where you just don't feel needed. You don't feel essential. Maybe you don't feel essential in your career, whatever career you're at. You keep being passed up or, uh, for another position, okay, or, or you're not being valued, or, or maybe you, uh, you don't feel essential in your, um, in, your, uh, in your marriage, okay, or in certain friendships. So if, you, if you've lost your identity because of that, here's, here's sort of the problem. If you place your identity in certain circles of people to win their approval, then you're never going to feel essential. If you place your identity and your career to be successful in the eyes of those, on the ladder of success uh, uh, above you, you're never going to feel like you're essential. If you place your, your identity in a, a particular a political viewpoint and to support your ideology and you're never going to feel essential but if you place your identity with christ and with what god thinks about you then you're going to understand how essential you are you are extremely essential especially in the eyes of god and we're going to look at that today, if you have your copy of God's Word, I would encourage you to turn to Genesis chapter one. For those who are watching, it'll be on the on the screen, and for those who are here, uh, it'll also be on the screen as well. But there's three there's three areas that I, I want to point out that will help you understand how essential you are. So just just three points, right? So point number one is God made you from him. God made you from him. It's very important to understand that as we look at, at how God desires us, that we look at um, how he made us from him. So before we dive deep into that sort of, that sort of concept, I want to I um, share a couple of um, distinctions. So when God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted it to come out of or to come from. So let me share that again. When God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted it to come out of or to come from. We're going to build on this principle As we dive more into this message. So when when God wanted something, when he created things in the, the first six days of creation, he spoke to whatever he was making to come from, to be sustained by, and to return to. Something coming from something, to be sustained by something, and to return to something. Now there's an important distinction we need to talk about. God created some things... At, in Genesis, we see that, but we also see that God made some things. Now, there's a difference between God creating something and God making something. So it's like this: if I were to go to your house and you were to show me a, a painting, okay? Uh, my uh, our, our daughter uh, Marion, uh, she's got a whole wall of, of paintings. And and, in her her bathroom area and bedroom. And so she's got like an art gallery of canvases that she has, she's painted in all different sizes and she's got it all organized. It looks awesome. And if she, if she comes to me and says, hey, dad, look what I created. And, and often she does. And, and I will say, oh, that's great. But now she usually says painted, but We'll just use, in this case, look what, I, look what I created. I would have to correct her and say, well, actually, sweetie, you didn't really create that. You made it. Because when you create something, you create something from nothing. That's what created means. You're, you're getting, something comes from nothing when you create something. But when you make something, then you're actually making it from something else, like the painting." You didn't you didn't say let there be a painting, right? You you had the canvas, the canvas was already there. You had the paint, the paint was already there. You did not create something from nothing, you made it. So God created things out of nothing, but He also made some things. Now, this is very important for you to understand as we as we go go forward. Okay? So Again, when God wanted something, he spoke to what he wanted to come from to be sustained by and return to. So let's see this in Genesis 1, 11. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. It says this. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to the various kinds, and it was so, so let, the earth, let the earth bring forth trees. God did not say, let there be trees. Okay? He spoke to the earth because he was making them. He said, let the earth produce. Or it's something he created, okay? But trees he made because they came from something. In essence, God was saying, earth, bring forth trees and plants and, and, and all, all this kind of stuff. So, God wants plants to come from dirt, be sustained by dirt, and return to dirt. Do you understand? So, trees are something he made because he made them out of something else that he actually created, Let's look at Genesis uh, one twenty, And God said, let the water team with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. Fish are sustained by water, okay? Come from water, sustained by water, and they go back to water. Look at verse 24, uh, 124. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. Animals come from dirt, are sustained by dirt, and return to dirt. And again, this is important. Why? Because of verse 26. Look at 126. When God wanted, wanted man, he spoke to himself, as we see. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and over all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. When God created man, Humankind, you know, when he created us, he spoke to himself. So here's the point. We came from God, we are sustained by God, and we are designed to return to God. Now that is an important principle to understand. We come from God, we are sustained by God, and we are designed to return to God. God. Now it's easy to get this confused because the Bible says we we were made from dirt, and that's true. Yep, our 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 bodies are made from dirt. So, but our spirits were not made from dirt. So our bodies came from dirt, are sustained by dirt, go back to dirt, but our spirit came from God, is sustained by God, and goes back to God. It's more, more, uh, very important you understand that. We came from God, but our body came from dirt. My body is sustained by dirt, okay? Everything that grows in the ground, you know, or t- you know, part of the ground, I mean, like, the grass grows, the cow eats the grass, cow produces milk, milk makes bluebell ice cream. I'm sustained by bluebell ice cream, okay? Of course, I gotta do the sugar-free kind now, but you know, whatever. So, we are sus- we, 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 our bodies come from dirt, sustained by dirt, and go back to dirt. It's kind of like if, if, a, if a plant were to say, okay, I'm, I'm pulling out. Okay? If a plant could do that, I'm pulling out of the ground. What would happen to the plant? It would die. Because remember, it came from dirt, and it is sustained by dirt. And if it says, I'm pulling out, I'm out of here, then the plant will die. And that's essentially what Adam and Eve did in the garden. They said, they, they pulled out. They said, mm, no, I'm, I'm going to be pulled out from being sustained by dirt. God spiritually. And so um, because just like a plant would die not being sustained by dirt, we, our spirit, would die not being sustained by God. Our bodies didn't die. Adam, I mean, our bodies didn't die because our bodies came from dirt. Okay? When Adam and Eve sinned, their bodies didn't die, their spirits died. Now, eventually Adam and Eve died, their bodies died, but on that day when they sinned, their bodies didn't die. Like when they ate the, ate the fruit, they didn't die physically, they died spiritually. Hey, I'm pulling out. I'm pulling out. And so because of that, just like a plant would do that, they died. Their spirits died we see this in Ephesians 2.1. You don't have to turn it, but it's a real short passage. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. He's talking to people that are alive. He's writing to people who are alive, but he's talking about them being dead, and that spiritually. They are dead because of their sins. We are dead because of our sins. We're not even alive without Jesus. So to help you understand how essential you are, you must know that you are God's greatest desire. And the first thing you need to know is that you came from God. Okay, you were made by God from God, from him. They spoke to themselves. Let us make man in our image, okay, in our likeness. Now, the second thing I wanna the truth I want us to look at is that God made you like him. God made you like him. He, he made you to be a replica of himself. God made Adam in his own image. So imagine Adam, Adam's walking around, and there's no sin. There's no sin. Okay? There's, there's, no sin there, there's, there's no issues. There's no impure thoughts. He looks like God. He talks like God. He acts like God. And so, but, but, but Adam has a desire. What is that desire? We see in Genesis chapter 2, so flip over one chapter, chapter 2, verse 20. We see this. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable, suitable helper was found. Now, why would the Bible tell us that? Except that Adam was looking for a helper a, a companion to live life with. So Adam's looking for animals and he goes to sleep and then he wakes up from a long sleep. The God put him in and goes, whoa, man. Whoa, man. Woman. Yes. And so he, 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 he finds this helper. He has this companion that God has, has, has brought to him. She looks like me. She acts like me. So, a a woman in Hebrew uh, actually means out of man. From out of man. How did God know that Adam needed a helper? Because he made it, he made us, he made Adam like himself. Because God desires a companion. God desires a companion that He could love, and guess what—a companion that can love Him in return, on their own accord, with their own desires. So, God, God didn't make Adam a remote control. I mean, men like remote controls. God didn't make Adam a a, uh, didn't make Adam a, a grill to be his companion. Although we like grills, right? Or or you know drills or tools. You know we like those things, guys. But really, God knew what we needed, and we needed a woman companion who we could love, and they could love us in return. He knew that because God had the same desire. God provided Jesus with a bride. The bride, the church, you. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are part of the bride. You are the companion of Christ. You have the free will to love Jesus and to receive his love into your life. So God provided that bride for his son, Jesus. He, he knew Adam needed that because he desired that himself, part of the Trinity, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Here in uh, April, uh, we have our firstborn, Madison, is going to be uh, getting married, in uh, in Greenville, and we are uh, super excited about that. Um, she uh, she met Michael while in college, and we, we love Michael. Michael's awesome, and but but uh, just like this love story that is happening between Madison and Michael, um, they they need one another. It's a it's a companionship, and it's it's something that they can uh, show love. And uh, receive love. And so just like that, God provided that for Adam. And how did, he, how, did he knew, how did he know that? Because you and I were created, were made to be like him, like God. So you were made from God. You were made to be like God. God, like him, okay, not a God, and then we move on to our third and final, you were made to love God. You were made to love him. We are the bride of Christ. God's greatest desire is to be loved by you. God's greatest desire is to be loved by you. For for God to show his love, which he's already done that, but then for you to show that love in return to show that love. My greatest earthly desire is not only to show love to my wife, but to for my wife to show her love back to me. I would, I would die for my wife so she could live. That's how much I love her. That's the way I express my love. To her, And you could express a similar way uh, to your Heavenly Father. When you sit down and, and read your word or, or pray with him, you just simply say, God, I love you. I love you. Thank you for, for providing these things. Thank you for sending your son Jesus. Thank you for giving me the, the Holy Spirit. Thank you for, um, for correcting me when I need to be corrected in a loving way. Thank you for showing your love for me. I love you. Just showing that in return. One of the important attributes of God, that he is a a giver. He cannot receive without giving. (laughs) He cannot receive without giving something in return. It's kind of like playing tag. Remember as a kid, you play tag all the time. You know, you you have a bunch of kids around a big open area, you know, playground or or whatever, and you're on a school playground and you're playing tag. And... and, uh, and, and the fast kids, they could tag you right back, right? Like, if a if, if fast kid gets tagged, they'll just tag you right back. Huh? And, of course, the slow kids are one that, that invented the no tag, you know, no tag backs rule, right? And so, but it, it's sort of like playing tag and tag backs. And as soon as you get tagged, you tag someone back. God, when God receives love from you, He's going to tag you back in love. Now, He's not waiting for you to show your love to Him in order for, for, him, to, for him to show His love back to you. I mean, he's, he's already proven His love for you. I mean, even just providing this book and preserving the truth found of this book and for sending His Son, Jesus, and for dying on the cross and taking our sin. I mean, we have proof that he has provided that love for us. But he also shows that love daily if we're watching and we're looking for him. But whenever we show our love to God, God just tags us back. If you touch God, he touches you back. That's why it's important for you to connect with God, not only in corporate worship together, but in in, in a small group and also individually is to find different ways of touching God. It's like the woman who was sick for 12 years, when she fought through the crowd, did everything she could to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Jesus touched her, not physically, but his power came from from him into her and healed her of her disease. So you want to touch God, God will touch you back. I, over the years of ministry, I've been in ministry a long time, and so in, that, in those years of ministry, I've heard lots of people say, well, you know, I just didn't really get anything from God in service today. I didn't really get anything from God. Could it be that God didn't touch you because maybe you didn't touch God? Maybe, maybe you didn't put something in it. Maybe you didn't uh, stand there and just say, thank you, God. Thank you for For just allowing me to be here today thank you for your love for me just simple ways a simple touch of God and he will touch you back touching God in 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 worship if you touch God in worship he will touch you in worship if you touch God in prayer he will touch you in prayer if you touch God by reading his word he will touch you with fresh new anointing words filled with hope and encouragement for your life the reason why you may not feel like you're essential is because you haven't been touched by God because you are not put yourself in a position to be touched by God and you haven't touched him. You want to touch him and he is going to reveal himself to you in incredible ways. That's his desire. You are his desire. So God made you From himself, God made you to be like him. God knows what you need. We see that proof in Adam. And so God created Eve. God knows what you need. And then God made you to love him. God made you to love him. I wish you could fully understand that. That is a way to be essential. You know, the, the church is essential. Giving is essential. Prayer is essential. God's word is essential. But let me tell you what, none of those would be true without you being essential. You are essential to God's plan and, 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 and what God is doing all around you and in the world. And, and just the being of God, God himself, he has shown that I made you. I made you, you came from me, I want you to be sustained by me, and one day you're going to return to me. That is a huge spiritual principle that we've got never should let go. So you and I are essential. At the beginning of this message, I stated a bold statement that you probably don't feel essential. Essential may not feel essential in your marriage. You may not feel essential in your job. You may not feel essential in certain circles or certain groups. Maybe you don't feel essential on some sports team. Maybe you don't even even feel essential within your own family. You just don't feel needed. That's because you're looking to others for the essential certificate of approval, and you're never going to find it there. You're never going to find it there. Oh yes, you may, you may find it for, for a season, but it won't last. It won't last. If you're looking for this, this certificate to be essential from others, you will, you will only know how essential you truly are by knowing feeling, reading, and hearing how much God desires you. You were made from him, like him, so you can love him. God desires your love in return. I'm going to ask the, the worship band to come on up as we close out in another song. and, and I, But I want us to make sure that we are still... Just we're in a time in our service where um, I want people to hear from God. So we've, we've got plenty of time. I want us to, and those of you watching online, just make sure you're not distracted. The band is gonna come and, and they are going to sing another song, and, but I, as they come, I want you to understand this. I I want you to understand that that God doesn't want you to have to carry the weight of your sin any longer, okay? His weight is not heavy. His weight is light. You know why? Because God has already carried the weight for you. Jesus carried carried the cross. He carried sin. On the cross and he carried it all the way to the grave and God raised him from the grave so you and I we don't have to we don't have to carry that 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 weight of the sin and shame in our life any longer we can let that go you know how to let that go we need to surrender to the grace and the will of God we need to accept the grace and the forgiveness of God but let me tell you what, church here, here and watching online, you gotta stop looking to others to find how essential you are because that is not gonna work. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna last. You need to understand how you're made and how God desires you. And you need to understand that you are essential in the eyes of God. And you need to look at yourself through God's eyes. God doesn't want you to carry that weight any longer. He wants you to walk in the rhythm of His grace. He wants you to walk in the rhythm and the patterns of His grace. That means just surrendering to Him. It means just surrendering Him and saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm tired of trying to find how essential I am from the world. I'm done. I want to find how essential I am to you. Help me to understand that. I'm tired of not feeling needed in my marriage and my job and my family and my sports team with certain friends. And I'm, I'm tired of that. I want, to, I want to understand how needed I am by you. You could do that today. So there's lots of of opportunities for you to to pray over today. And here in just a moment, I'm going to actually open the altar. If you're watching online, you could could just make your living room an altar. But I want you to to have some time with the Lord and just make sure there's a heart check in there and make sure that you are finding your identity, not in others, but in Christ. Your identities in Christ. You are essential through Him and Him alone first. But also, I want you to make sure, I want you to, if there are some people in your life, I want you to make sure that maybe you can step in for them. If there's someone in your life who's really struggling with some identity right now, let me tell you, it's an epidemic. It really is. People are lost because they're searching for how essential they are in other things, and it's just coming up empty. So you may know someone in your life who's struggling with that. Stand in the gap for them. Come to the altar for them. and Be be in prayer for them. So we're going to open up this time, but every head bowed, every eye closed as we continue in an attitude of worship. If you're here today, you have never accepted Christ as your Savior. And you, you are ready, you are ready to, to stop trying to find how essential you are in this world to others and you want to know how essential you are how important you are how God desires you and you're ready to make that decision if that is you either right here or watching online if you're watching live or watching later it doesn't matter this prayer is still powerful you pray something like this say dear Jesus thank you for dying for me Please forgive me my sin. I confess my sin to you. Please come into my life. Please be Lord of my life. Show me how to love you. Help me to feel and to know how much you love me. I believe you do. And if you're sitting here today and you, and you just want to have an opportunity just to tell God, God, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm, I've been a believer. I've accepted Christ as Savior. But I've got off, I've got off your trail. And so I, I need to uh, go back to finding my identity in you and you alone. So please forgive me for looking it for other places. I'm essential not because of what other people think. I'm essential because of what you think of me. I want to know what that is. So Father, show that to me. Maybe you need to pray a prayer like that. I want you to take this opportunity to pray. So as the band sings, I would like for everyone to stand. The altar is open. You can come down here to the front. You say where you're at. Those who are watching online, be an attitude of prayer. Let's all stand together. Feel free to pray. Feel free to sing. I'll be down here in front.